generally where people get themselves in trouble with stocks is they're taking on this unsystematic risk. Whether we read it on Reddit or Robinhood trading platforms or it's from our brother-in-law or our neighbor, wherever it is, we hear these things, these trends, and we feel like we need to jump in. So we over-concentrate. We take on that unsystematic risk I keep mentioning. And then even though the stock market continues to go on, capitalism continues to exist, our portfolio takes a big beating at some point where we weren't expecting it. Welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. I'm your co-host, Joe Joe Curry. Almost forgot my name there, (laughs) along with my host, Lindsay Wilson. How are you today, Lindsay? I'm good. How are you, Joe? Good. Uh, you can tell it's been a while since I've done this. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We batched a bunch of recordings before our, our client reviews. And so we're getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. I feel a little bit out of practice, but I enjoy doing these. So I'm glad we're going to get back into the swing of it again. For sure. So today I thought we could talk about something that clients often bring up and it's the fear of risk or worry around risk and certainty versus risk. So I thought maybe we could talk about the many types of risk and where we can find certainty within it. When we typically talk about risk, it's usually in relationship to the stock market. So I was wondering, when it comes to investing in the stock market, what are the different types of risk? There's a few things to consider. And maybe before I jump right into that, Lindsay, I'll just catch on something you said there. I'll mention that we all crave certainty. It's something that comes up in a lot of client meetings uh, when I'm talking to people And uncertainty is the word we always hear, right? We're always living in an uncertain time. And for the more than a decade I've been doing this, (laughs) it always feels like a really uncertain time. That never changes. It's just the the circumstances around why things feel uncertain changes. But that never changes as kind of the basis for how everybody feel about what's going on in markets. And then the other thing is certainty is not something that we're going to get. No matter how we look at it, and we'll talk about, you know, each side of risk here today, but there is no certainty when it comes to working towards our goals for retirement. So I just wanted to start with that. But you're right. The main thing that people are talking about when it comes to financial planning, when they're talking about risk, is stock market risk. So we think, you know, is the market going to be down or is the market going to be up? And to some extremes, people are worried they're going to lose all their money by investing in the stock market. If I take that and kind of, we think of the onion analogy, we peel back a few layers there. There's a few different types of risks to think about. The one risk that we cannot get rid of is what we would call systematic risk. And that's when I say systematic risk to try to simplify that. What I'm saying is that's just the risk of the ups and downs that come with being in the stock market. So not any one particular stock or sector, anything like that. Just if we're in the market, there's going to be ups and downs in our portfolio, no matter how well the underlying companies we own are doing. So we can't get away from that risk. But there are some other risk. And these are the risks that really get people into trouble that we can actually diversify away from. And this is where when people think, you know, I can't put money in the stock market because I can't afford to lose it all. This is the kind of risk we're talking about. 
So one of those would just be individual company risk. So if we invest thinking that we're just going to pick the best stock so that we can do better than the stock market. So this other side of risk is unsystematic risk. So now we're taking on risk that we're not diversifying away. And so any one company, no matter how good the outlook is, can go out of business. We think back to companies, you know, the examples I often use are Nortel or Enron. Like at one point, these companies, you know, people thought they couldn't lose. The employees of Nortel, how many of them lost money just because they had their life savings in their company stock at Nortel? No one did that because they thought Nortel wasn't going to do as good as the market. They all obviously felt pretty good that Nortel was a good company to own until it wasn't. That type of unsystematic risk, we can diversify it away by owning lots of different companies, right? So if I step one step past just owning one company, we could also look at sector risk, for example. So if we own a portfolio of different oil companies, so we've diversified a bit if we own more than one company, but we're still, we have that risk of being overexposed to that sector. Another example, if we look at some specific companies, and this is not like a buy or a sell recommendation, just, you know, if we take a company like TD, a bank, if we own that one company and no others, we're going to have more risk than if we own TD and RBC, or if we own TD and RBC and Scotiabank. By adding additional companies, even though they all seem safe, so we could own any one of them and we feel pretty safe, but we are lessening our risk, diversifying our risk by owning multiple. But again, in that sample, I still have sector risk. So we could look at doing something where maybe we buy an investment where we're starting to get a little bit smarter. We're making some evidence-based decisions and we say, you know what, maybe we can't beat the market and we don't like this idea of this unsystematic risk. So we want to diversify. So maybe we just buy an ETF tracking the Toronto Stock Exchange. So in other words, we basically own all the companies on the Toronto Stock Exchange with the idea we want to get rid of some of this unsystematic risk. But the problem there is that Canada represents about 3% or less of the total value of all globally traded public companies. So while that's a lot better than owning a couple of bank stocks, it's much more diversified, we are still very concentrated in the grand scheme of global public markets. Okay, when I say public markets, I'm talking about stock markets where we can buy and sell on an open market. These are the types of things that generally where people get themselves in trouble with stocks is they're taking on this unsystematic risk because they heard their brother-in-law. I mean, I think you've heard me use that example before, Lindsay. <laughs> it comes up quite a bit. But you know, whether we read it on Reddit or Robinhood trading platforms or it's from our brother-in-law or our neighbor, wherever it is, we hear these things, these trends, and we feel like we need to jump in. So we over-concentrate. We take on that unsystematic risk I keep mentioning. And then even though the stock market continues to go on, capitalism continues to exist, our portfolio takes a big beating at some point where we weren't expecting it. So the big thing I want everybody to get out of this when it comes to the stock market is you can diversify away all those unsystematic risks. So you're only left with systematic risk, which is the ups and downs of the market. But if that's the only risk we take on, the only way we have to worry long-term about actually losing our money, and again, we could lose it because markets are down and we sell, but as far as it disappearing is really if capitalism comes to an end. And if that's the case, we probably have bigger issues than our retirement portfolio. But it's important to know that if we diversify, we can get rid of all those other types of risk. The last thing I'll say to that is, especially if you're close to retirement, it doesn't mean we want to have all your money in the stock market because it will have that systematic, that market risk up and down. So if we need to buy something tomorrow when the market's down, we would have to sell at a loss to be able to make our purchases. So this is for one bucket. We've talked about buckets in the past. So this is for a bucket of your retirement portfolio. 
but not the whole thing. So that's the stock market piece, I guess, is our starting point. And what are some other investment risk considerations for alternative investments, say like real estate, GICs? Yeah. So maybe we'll just focus on those two. If we look at GICs, for example, people think, you know, GICs feel very safe. Basically, a GIC is going to get us that what we would call the risk-free rate, which is technically the risk-free rate would be tied to a, a treasury bill, which is like a 30-day government bond. So GICs are very similar to that. One of the problems with a GIC and with real estate is we take on some liquidity risk. So we put our money into that GIC. We've locked it in for a year, two years, five years, whatever it is. And we want to go and spend that money. Or maybe there's another GIC now paying a higher rate. Well, we can't get that money back out. So we're taking on that liquidity risk. So that's a different type of risk. When we're talking about real estate, so we have that liquidity risk because we can't readily spend the equity as easily as we could sell a stock to get our money back in our hands. But there's also other risks. Usually when people are real estate investors, they're not owning multiple buildings around the world. They're usually, even if they own multiple rental properties, for example, they're usually in the same city. Right now, you know, we're in a market where a lot of people thought you could never lose on real estate, but obviously we're seeing that markets change and real estate market, just like the stock market, is a market subject to cycles. So there is risk that comes along with it, but there's potentially even more risk, just like with stocks, if we're very concentrated. So if we just own a couple rental properties in one city, in one neighborhood, there's a lot more risk there than owning you know, multiple properties across multiple cities and ideally even multiple countries, which with real estate, unless you're you know, a really large corporate player, that's not really realistic, right? So those are just some of the other risks we might have to look at when we're investing in some other asset classes. I'd like to flip it a bit and look at the other side of the risk equation. So if we aren't taking risks in investing, what are we exposing ourselves to? So this is the whole point. Like, why would we even take on any kind of risk, right? We're in retirement. We're not working anymore. So we can't afford to lose. These are just things that I hear, right? But at the end of the day, our ultimate goal is to help you reach your goals. And so what we're looking at when we're putting together a plan is what's the risk of you not reaching your goals? And how do we mitigate that risk? Okay. And the reality is, if we just put all your money in a high interest savings account, for most people, we are not going to reach your goals. So we can have some certainty that you're not going to see a drop in the value of your high interest savings account, or even your GIC, or however we want to look at that from like a risk-free standpoint. But the fact is, there's still risk. It's just a different type of risk. So now we have the risk of not keeping up with inflation. And we have the risk of running out of money before we run out of life because our investments, our nest egg has not grown enough over our retirement years to help us maintain our lifestyle. So there is still risk involved with not taking on systematic or stock market risk or risk in these other types of investments that we talked about. So really, this is where everything kind of comes back to a plan. If we don't know what your goals are, then we don't really know what we're shooting for, right? So you have to be clear on, you know, what do our retirement goals look like or any kind of goals? Specifically, we're generally talking about retirement on this podcast, but it doesn't really matter what goals we're talking about. You got to be clear on what those goals are. And then, like I said, we want to figure out what's the risk of you not achieving those and how do we mitigate that risk? And in most cases, we're going to have to embrace some uncertainty into our plan and our portfolio. And at the end of the day, uncertainty is just kind of part of life, right? I mean, from day to day, none of us know what's going to happen next. Life is filled with great surprises and not so great surprises, but 
that's just kind of the way things go. So we can't really avoid that. And when it comes to retirement planning, it's the same thing. But having a plan and understanding our spending needs. So we've talked about buckets a lot on this podcast and understanding where those safer, lower risk or lower volatility, I'll call it, types of investments fit versus those stock market-like investments. So for our shorter term spending, we need to have some investments that are not going to go up and down a lot so that we're not selling at a loss. But if you're going to be retired for 30 or 40 or who knows how long into the future with all the medical advancements and everything else we're seeing, like we need to have a way to make sure that our money is keeping up with or ahead of inflation so that we can maintain our, our lifestyle over that 30 plus year period of retirement. So hopefully that all makes sense of why we need to look at both sides of the equation when it comes to risk. Does that make sense to you, Lindsay? I think so. One thing I wanted to just say too about a plan is that a plan is not written in stone. Regular meetings with your planner can be tweaked and you can continue to work with a planner in order to make sure you're pursuing those retirement goals and they continue to match up with what you want. Yeah, it's really about the processes that come along with the planning. So we are doing kind of one-off plans now, right? So we'll have an engagement where we work to build a comprehensive plan for a client without the commitment to continue working with us. And that's okay. I mean, that's a great starting point. And for a lot of people, you know, do-it-yourself investors, maybe a lot of people listening to the podcast, that's what they need just to get some clarity and get everything set up as a good starting point and they can take it from there. But if you're unable to take it from there, it's critical, like you said, Lindsay, to continue to have that ongoing planning so we can make course corrections to know when we need to adjust downwards or when we can spend more or where we can save on taxes or where do we take our income from, all that kind of stuff. So planning definitely is an ongoing action, not just a one-time thing, but we do have to start somewhere. There's nothing wrong with getting that started with the big overall plan, but it's a working document from there. So just to tie it all together, any final thoughts or actions that you would recommend to people in terms of certainty and risk? Well, I would just say, I think that for a lot of people, this really has to come back to education. Because without education around how investments work and how different markets work and inflation and all these different types of things, it's really hard for a lot of people to get their head around putting their money somewhere where it can go up and down. You know, if we have a million dollar portfolio and we're only down 10%, that's $100,000, right? That seems like a really big deal. And I get that. That's scary. But with some education, we can understand, again, the systematic versus unsystematic risk. What types of risk can we diversify out of the portfolio? Where do those safer, shorter term investments fit in? So educating ourselves about this just makes it a lot easier to stick to the plan. So I would say as a starting point, and anyone listening to this, that's a good sign. You probably are educating yourself. That's probably why you're listening, right? But that's really the starting point is getting familiar with where these different types of investments fit in and understanding the different types of risks so that you can feel comfortable about where they fit into the plan. So at the end of the day, you can stick with the plan. Excellent. Well, thanks, Joe. Thank you, Lindsay. Okay. Take care. Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc. ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations.
Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.